Hello and welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm sitting here with Ben and we're sitting across from Fable Parrot. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here again. Uh, Fable, you have this wonderful habit of writing um, small, poignant novels that make people cry and feel things. Um, how do you do it? And um, can you tell us, why don't you tell us how you got involved with writing and, and where this new book, um, There Was Still Love, came from? I'll start with um, where the new book came from. I didn't expect to write this book. It's um, a love letter to my grandparents and it came to me in a strange way. I was in an awful um, shopping mall that I never go to called Northlands and I was a bit lost in the corridors of brightly coloured shops and I um, came across this little European deli that I'd never seen before and I went in and I was walking around the aisles and I saw these um, Czechoslovakian gherkins that I haven't seen since um, I was about 10 years old. And there were three jars, they were dusty, I bought them I left the shopping mall and got into my car. The gherkins were warm, but I opened one jar and um, I took a bite of the gherkin and I just started weeping. The sense memory was so strong and I just wanted to drive to my grandparents' flat and go up those stairs and sit with them for lunch and see them again. They'd been gone for so long and I, um, I couldn't do that. But what I could do was drive to the cemetery um, and I sat with them and I just started this discussion with them, like, please tell me everything. Firstly, I'm sorry that I know nothing about your lives before me, nothing. I'm sorry I never asked you. Um, I miss you I, and I want to know everything and I want to be with you again. And um, that's how it started. And I thought this gherkin thing would be a short story because my grandparents would save their coins and put them in an empty gherkin jar and those coins would turn into aeroplane tickets home to the Czech Republic um, and it would take them four years to save for a t the cheapest ticket and they'd go for the whole of summer and stay with family and they lived for that. Um, so there was this real theme of the gherkin jar and home. But the short story ended and then there was much more and then there was Prague and then there was this whole other story of this boy living with his grandma and the grandmas being twins and it just kept coming and then I knew it was a bigger thing, mm. which was lovely because I got to stay with my grandparents for longer. But how I started to write um, or how I became a writer is... Um, it's a long story and it's not the normal story. I'm a high school graduate. I was a straight D English student. Um, in fact, I was a very slow reader. I was a remedial English student and um, uh, yeah, I didn't read a lot. Um, I left high school, I worked many terrible jobs. I ended up being a postman, but um, somewhere in me there was this feeling that maybe there was more and um, my brother had become a sculptor and he'd, he'd, he'd done it. He'd taken this giant um, leap of faith and been brave and it was working out with lots of hard work and unknowns. But he really pushed me to um, try something else. Um, 
So I enrolled in a um, TAFE course, um, creative writing and editing, and um, I think I was about 30 years old, and I began what um, turned into past the shallows there, and I never finished the diploma, so I'm still a high school okay. graduate, um, but I did finish the novel, and that did get published, and then that was life-changing. I think so those TAFE fees would have been worth it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So you'd be surprised how often we hear that from people sitting in your chair right now, that, you know, like, oh, I wasn't that great at English, wasn't a big reader, and then now it's... They've fashioned this incredible career out of it. It's so great. It's that's great. It makes me feel better. And also, I try and tell students this that there's not just one way, and um, it might not be this direct path of A, B, C. It might go all over the place. But keep trying. Keep trying different ways to fulfil your dream. Has been picked up by as as school text. Yes. So you're visiting schools a lot now. Yeah, it's um, amazing to hear from students. um, they're really passionate about the book and they're sometimes really angry that, that, that one of the characters dies, the main character, or they're really angry about the father. And um, it's just really lovely. It's a lovely experience. Um, and it's been amazing. Um, I sold as many copies of Passachella's last year as I did the first year it was out because of the HSC. So that's literally kept me alive. I mean, last year mm. it was... What a gift, as as well as to have so many more readers. And um, it's meant that now Pastor Shellos is going to be a play, that the film is back up and going to have another go at funding. So um, it's been it's been amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, incredible. I feel very lucky. Actually, I wanted to ask about other mediums because your writing, it, it sits in these sort of small vignettes sort of they sort of interweave and come together yeah. um, frequently through the eyes of a child, um, uh, which reminds me a little bit of Sophie Laguna. Yes. Um, but it's, it's, it's a different approach. And I, I've always wondered, you know, have you always looked to write novels and short stories or...? Yeah, I, um, I didn't ever think I could write a novel. Um, so I started small and just thought I'll just write scenes mm. and um, keep going with that. And I write out of order and I don't know the whole story. Um, and eventually I have enough scenes that then I try and start to put some structure in and, and see if it can hold as a, as a world. Um, the child voice, I think I'm fascinated by um, this children trying to work out what's happening, what is going on around them, what adults are doing but also that they're at the mercy of adults' decisions, good or bad. So they have no power about where they move, where they live, um, those sorts of things. And um, they're also trying to work out their world. And I think um, it creates a lot of problems. And as a writer, that's a good thing. Problem solving, how can I tell this story from this point of view that's, that's not an adult? this different world, this different way of looking at the world. Um, but there's also a sweetness and an optimism there in sometimes that's lovely to be with. Yeah, and that juxtaposes really yeah. nicely against tragedy. Yeah, exactly. So in this new book, the, the young boy in Prague was a real joy because he is just um, cheeky and funny and just he loves to 
uh, watch people smooching in the park. He's a real voyeur, and it's it was gr- it was fun to be with him. But he also has incredible sadness underneath that. He's he's putting on a brave face a lot, um, and that was. I loved writing him and I loved um, his relationship with his grandma. It was, yeah, it was a joy to be with him. This looks, this book looks through the whole sort of 20th century history in a way. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you um, approach Czech and Australian history it, yeah, respectfully and absolutely. how did you go about that and how, um, uh, how do you go about writing the migrant experience? That was hard. I, I was really worried about um, the the bits set in Prague in the 1980s, so um, under the communist regime, because it had to be real and respectful and not um, a cliche. Mm. But I also wanted it to be about the ordinary life because we know a lot about um, the politics. We know about um, you know, people that were... Um, had a terrible time under that regime but what about the children and the grandmas and these people that just live very ordinary lives and just got through the day and and queued to get food and went to school and um just had a very normal childhood really um mm. that's what interested me and I got really lucky because um I got in touch with one of my cousins who lives in Prague and he's lived through this time and he was working as a driver for a film company and he had a lot of time on his hands in between sets and driving actors around. And he just messaged me and said, Fave, ask me questions. And so oh, I just, great. okay, what did you have for lunch? What did you do? Blah, 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 blah. And it was amazing. And he just would tell me stories and he just wanted to be there again. So he wanted to be with his grandma again. He wanted to be in that flat again. So we had this... Um, yeah, it was it was amazing to connect like this, and we haven't seen each other for twenty five years. Um, we're at similar ages. It was I can't. We did this for a year. We messaged back and forth, and he gave me the confidence to write those scenes properly. And he was the first reader. He was the he, first reader. He had to be because it's partly he'd given me so That's much. That's such a special role. The first mm. reader. But <laughs> he also is Czech and Czech people can be very um, <laughs> honest. Um, and the first message I got was, Fave, have you had a head injury? And I thought, oh, no, he, he hates it. It's I'm not going to be able to do it because I can't upset him. And then the next message he was typing, dot, 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 um, Czech people don't eat potato dumplings with chicken snitchel, which I'd put in the scene. That's what he was angry about. So um, and he's like, how could you forget that? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's been a long time. You like so nothing. he's like, it's potato salad oh, oh, or fried wow. potatoes. So then the next message was after that dot, 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 he's typing and he said, I've been crying for four days. It's beautiful. So um, then I knew it was okay. And even though it had upset him, um, it had upset him in a nice way because it had memories and he um, just wanted to see his grandma too and wanted to go back there and be that boy um, with that freedom and that protection of the grandma that I had too. So um, that was a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to see him. I, if it would... If this book gets published in the Czech Republic, it's going to be amazing. So I hope so. That's my dream. Um, 
for just, him as well. You just sold into the UK, yeah. which is amazing in yeah. itself. Yeah, literally. You never know. You never they'll know. probably go to Frankfurt and then they'll have the book fair. And <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I'll be rooting for you. Yeah, mm. thank you so much. It's got that kind of universal, well, not universal appeal. I feel like that's such a cliche thing to say, but it, there's just there's just such a joy in it, even though there is so much sadness, um, that I think a lot of people will be able to relate to and find joy in. Um is that kind of the idea behind the title? Because I, I really love the title of this book. I, it meant a lot of things to me, um, mostly about um, Prague during this time of communism. I mean, you can take a lot of stuff away, but there was still love. There was still sex. There was still food. There was still grandmas. There were still babies being born. There was still love. <laughs> and um, it's this unbreakable thing. So um, even if the even in the darkest of times... Um, you know, this boy had this love of his grandma, this young girl had the love of her grandparents even in dark times. So, um, And that's what got them through. That was the blanket, keeping the, the sadness away, keeping the darkness away, keeping them safe. Um, and under that blanket they were free. Um, and that's mm. how I felt as a child with my grandparents. Um, yeah. And that was the gift that they gave. And that's not easy to do. It, there's a lot of sacrifice to make someone else feel free. Um, mm. You take a lot of the pain and burden and sadness and fear so that someone else can be free. That's a gift of love. That's really love. Um, yeah. It's such a, you know, reading the book as a piece of historical fiction, it's, it's, I, that's what I find really satisfying is that you, you take us into those apartment blocks because um, a lot of historical fiction I've read is if, if you've, wander through these books feeling like a tourist. You're yes. seeing these mm. you know, grand events and um, yep. struggles and names are checked. And <laughs> yes. Um, where this, this book doesn't approach that. It takes you in, in you know. Um, I've been a tourist in, in you know, places like Japan. I, I was in Prague for a week and I remember looking up and looking up these huge apartment blocks and thinking, who are the people that live in there? I'll yeah, never know. And exactly. You've, you've just given us but a that's bit great. of that. That's really lovely. The other thing that I really want um, wanted to get across is, um, you know, if you have grandparents that are still alive, please ask them about their lives <clears throat> because our lives are made up of stories <clears throat> and when those stories are gone, so much is gone, we can find out things, dates, um, when people were born, died, when they were, got married, how many kids they had, but we'll never know. When was the first time their heart broke? What did they want to be when they were young? What made them laugh? Um, how did they meet their first love? Um, those are the things that are gone. I don't know those things about my grandparents. Mm. They're dust now and I'll never know them. And um, so I had to make, make them up. But I would give anything, anything to um, ask them and listen because that generation too didn't talk about themselves and they didn't look back. Um, they looked forward. So much had happened in their lives that was quite traumatic that people really jumped and looked forward and did everything for the future and for their kids and for their grandkids. Um, yeah, so if you've got grandparents that are alive, go and talk to them. I think just listening, people <laughs> will be realising what a tear-jerking little book this 
<laughs> I'm just thinking you. of all the stories I never asked my grandparents, even mm-hmm. though I knew quite a bit. Yeah. There was still so much. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank I think you. we should leave it at that because, yeah, this is awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much, guys. Thank you. And you can order your copy of There Was Still Love by Fable Parrot from booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.